to recall a verse or a number of verses from the Bible in Nehemiah where there's a clarion call there and I expect most of you know what that call is. And it ties in well with what we've had from Hebrews chapter 11. Anybody tell me what that clarion call was? Well, the court, you know what they were doing? The wall fell down. They were trying to build, rebuild the wall. And the clarion call was all the people had a mind to work. Or it says in another chapter, and I can't remember the exact chapter, the people were called to arise, arise up and build. They were called to action. And we're called to action here. And the, Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2 is a call to action for us to serve the Lord Jesus and run the race the way he wants us to run it. So we'll come to that in just a moment. We will have another song first. 619. 619, thank you. Any reason why? Yes, as a boy of seven, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus by my bed. My mum led me, not my dad. And she became a spiritual mum. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. So I've been practicing the heart of God, which is love, ever since. <coughs> thank you very much. So let's stand to sing this one. sing that little chorus. I don't know whether you can get it up, consider him, if you can do that. And while we've sung that, perhaps someone can pray for the outreach here. We've been tremendously blessed over the last year, 2016, with lots of kids coming in on Wednesdays, the numbers in the Sunday school as well, and the people which who have been reached through the, outwork, the outreach work here. We want that to continue. We're called here to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll just sing this little song here, consider him and as you run the race, we'll remain seated and then perhaps someone can pray specifically about the outreach work of the work of the fellowship here.
but pray specifically for the outreach of the work here. Amen. Well, we'll sing that little chorus again in just a moment as we come to our last part. There were th three things we were looking at. The first one was consider the saints, looking back on Hebrews chapter 11. And we reminded ourselves that we have their history and recorded in the Bible. We know about the outcome of their lives. We know it was a hard fight for them. We know it was a tough race. We know they had their difficulties. They're well recorded in the Bible. They knew how hard it was to do what was right, and they fought through and kept going. It ended in victory. The mighty hand of God was upon them. And then we talked about considering ourselves, and we must make the proper preparations. And the command to the Hebrews did not come out the blue, and it doesn't come out of the blue to us today. This is the whole point of the book. Endure persevere, run, fight, be alert, be strengthened, don't drift, don't neglect, don't be sluggish. Fight the fight of faith on the basis of Christ's spectacular death and resurrection. Hebrews 12 verse 1 is a command to look at life. Think hard about what you are doing and get ruthless about what stays and goes. Those things which are entangling sins or weights which drag us down we should look at them and we should remove them if they're stopping us honouring God and living a race which is effective for him. So we considered the saints, we considered self, and then lastly, we were going to look at the Saviour. And we'll, we'll speak about that now just for a few moments. But before we come to that, we'll just sing that little song again, Consider Him. part of this verse, every part of it is important of course, but the last 
verse reminds us that we fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. So we've considered the saints of the past, those who have gone before. We've been encouraged by reading about their lives from the Bible and we've been encouraged by those who have followed over past centuries. And then we were taught to consider ourselves that we should be prepared for the race of life. But none of it would be of any value and there would be no achievement unless we considered the Saviour because we know as Christians there's nothing we can do of ourselves. And the great thing about this verse is it tells us what to do. Run the race. The imperative word is run. Which tells you you've got to commit energy and emotion and dedication and courage. If it said walk the, walk the way of life, you think, well, I'll take a rest occasionally. There's no urgency. There's no hurry. I'll take my time. I'll see what happens. But the Bible is very clear. Run the race which is set before you. And the race has a different picture altogether than going for a walk in the countryside. And so we're called to race. And the Bible is very clear. Let us run with perseverance the race which is set before us, freeing ourselves of the weights and encumbrances, setting aside those things which in themselves may be fine, but in our particular lives, we're all different people. Something is holding us back. Something gets in the way of us running an effective race. And then we come to consider the Saviour. As we run this race and look to Jesus, the author goes on to tell us several things about his race the race which he ran when he was here on earth, and that we are to look to with, that will help us as we run the race to which we have been assigned. It's quite interesting. It's a picture of a marathon, not a sprint. But there could be all sorts of different races. Someone's called to, what to, do, to take part in this race. It may be working with the homeless. It may be working with young people. It may be preaching the gospel on a reg regular basis. It may be dealing, helping in young pe old people's homes. It may be visiting the sick. If God has given you that race, commit yourself to that race. Take it, is that what he wants you to do? So it's not everybody who's called to, fit, to run the same race. Collectively, of course, we're on the race to heaven. We're on the race to glory. But there are lots of individual races going on. And we've all been called to do something which fits the gifts which the Lord has given us. In Jesus' case, let's consider his race. His race was a hard race. It began in poverty and it ended in pain on a cross. His was a race that led him around a track lined with hatred, in bitterness, opposition, and the desire to see him dead. His was a race that set the perfect example of how to run a race. His was a race in which he never faltered. He never stopped for a break. He never gave up. He was focused on the finish. He never lost sight, lost sight of the goal of his race. And he never quit running until the goal had been achieved. When you and I feel like quitting, just look to Jesus and consider the race he ran. He ran that race for you and me, and he never gave up. He finished the race. But what were the reasons he ran his race for us? The Bible tells us here that Jesus ran 
for the joy that was set before him. Where is the joy in going to a cross? Where is the joy in being rejected by people you love? For Jesus, the joy was in what would happen when he finished the race. For him, the joy was the joy of the day of redemption. And that day of redemption would bring about all these things. And then you can see why he ran the race. And why the race which he ran is so fundamental to evangelical Christianity. He ran for the salvation of all believers. All those who place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. He ran for the day when he would be in heaven with the redeemed of all ages. He ran the day when he reclaimed the glory he had shared with his father from eternity past. He ran to see the day when there would be a new heaven and a new earth where all the redeemed would be worshipping with the father. He ran when the day of salvation would be ultimately completed. He ran because sin forever would be destroyed and Satan would be forever banished and perfect righteousness would rule in every heart. That's why Jesus ran. He was able to look past the cross. He was able to despise the shame. He was able to look beyond everything he would be called upon to face in the world. And he was able to see you and me and countless others. He ran his race for us. We are what motivated the heart of the Saviour to go to the cross and die. Now we need to come to a place where we're able to look beyond the situations and circumstances of life and envision that day when we too will be at home with the Saviour. Oh, what a day that will be. Glory to God. That will give you a second wind to be able to run your race with patience. Second wind, when the going gets hard and you feel I can do no more and you reflect upon these things. I think it was in 1953 when the British and Empire Commonwealth Games were in Vancouver. It was a time when Roger Bannister beat John Landy just after he'd run the four-minute mile. And the marathon was being run on a very hot day. And the, um, the name of the run, the British runner, was uh, Jim Peters. I think that was right, Jim Peters. And he was way in front of everybody else. 26 miles, 386 yards. And as he came into the stadium with one lap of the 400-meter track to run, he ran for about 50 meters, and then he collapsed on the ground. He couldn't run any further. I think I might be right. Someone stepped across to help him up to finish the race, and of course that would disqualify him. So in the end, he persevered, and he crossed the finishing line. It was a wonderful achievement for him to endure all the pain of the race and almost to lose it but he kept going we need to come to the place where we're able to look beyond these situations as I've said and the circumstances of life <clears throat> let's consider the reward for the saviour Jesus ran well and when he finished the race he sat down with the father on his throne you see, Jesus knew where he was headed. That made it a little bit easier to run the race which he ran. But the same is true for you and me today. When we are able to get a heavenly vision 
I wonder how often I'm talking to myself here as much as anybody else. We're so preoccupied with the everyday things of life. How often are we focused on that glorious day which will come with absolute certainty? There is no doubt about it. The Lord will return. It makes the race more bearable. If you're finding it tough, if you're finding it hard, you're finding, well, I don't know whether I can keep going on this race. Keep looking forward to the race which the Saviour ran. Keep looking forward to where he is. Keep looking forward to the reward. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And those words apply to us. We may not be Paul's, we're certainly not. But the same prize is there for those who keep focused on Jesus Christ. Let's consider his resolve finally. Verse 3 tells us, which isn't part of our verse, but I wanted to close with this. Jesus, verse 3 tells us that Jesus endured so much to finish his race. He suffered more than you and I can grasp. And a short list of these things I'll remind you of. You will know them, but sometimes we need to have them brought to our focus of attention. He was born to an unwed mother. He was born in a stable of all places. He was born to poor parents. His life was threatened as a baby. His birth was the cause of terrible suffering. He was moved as a baby. He was raised in what was called a despicable town of Nazareth. His father died when he was young. He had to support his family. He was hated and opposed by others. He was charged with insanity. You can have all the references for these verses. He was charged with demon possession. He was opposed by his family. He was rejected, hated, and opposed by the audiences who came to hear him speak. He was betrayed by a close friend. He was left alone and rejected and forsaken by many of his friends. He was tried before the, before the high court of the land and tried with treason. He was executed as a common criminal by means of crucifixion. That is why we are told to compare our sufferings with his when we feel like giving up. There is no comparison. He endured unto the end so that you and me and anybody who calls upon his name will be saved. He stands as the supreme example to all of us of how we should run our race. Therefore, let us run with patience or endurance. Two words, I'm not qualified to tell you which is the right one, but patience is a good one and endurance is a good one. The race that is set before us. You see that Jesus has already been round the track. That is, why he's, that is why he is able today to help you and me to run. So, as we move to the conclusion of talking about our verse for 2017, we have to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves, how is 
your race and how is my race progressing? Do you need encouragement tonight? There's huge encouragement to come from looking back at those heroes and heroines of faith who have run the race before us and even to look at people today who are running the race, people working in various missions. We got Joe in um, Bosnia and we've other people in other places. They're running the race there in much more difficult circumstances than we are. There's the thousands of people with OM who are running their race. We should be encouraged by looking at them because it's the same God who will help us who is helping them. So the challenge for you and for me is to set our eyes back upon Jesus. And there's another thing here. I can't remember who it was, but there was a, a race in the Olympics taking place. And the runner, somebody can probably remind me, the runner was in front, just. But he turned round to see who was his closest competitor. And in turning round, his closest competitor passed him. It was in the Olympic Games. I can't remember who the racers were. But by turning round and looking back, he lost the race. So we're called not to look back. We can look back sometimes and see the Lord's goodness to us. We can look back with gratitude for the way in which he has led us. But the runner in the race keeps looking forward because the prize is in front of you. So stop looking at the other runners. Stop looking at the circumstances through which you are running. Look to him this evening. Get rid of those weights. Strip off the besetting sins and make up your mind to run. We all come from different backgrounds. We're all different people. But there is one thing which unites us, the love of God. And that we're all brothers and sisters together. But we also need to work as a team. And I'll come back to that clarion call I gave you, the one from Nelson at Trafalgar and the one about the United States Peace Corps. And there are countless others which you can, you can call about encouraging us to respond to a clarion call. But the, in the book of Nehemiah, not only tells us the people responded to a clarion call to rise up and build something which had been down for 400 years, I think it was, or something like that, to rise up and build. And they did it as a team together. They couldn't have done it by themselves. And so the challenge to us is to, is to work together as a team. I say we're all different people, but if we've got the same goal in sight, we can get there. Down through history, teams have been very important in achieving what they set out to do. The Chindits in Burma during the war, led by uh, Ord Wingate, who was a famous brethren missionary of sorts, he had a team, and they fought together as a team in that dreadful war. So we come to the end of the evening. Can we put the verse on the screen, please? And let's, uh, let's say the verse together. So we're all saying the same words. We'll say the words on the screen. And then we'll sing a song if someone would like to choose one.
Right, let's, uh, let's stand up and sing, and then before we do that, has anyone got a song they'd like yes. us to sing? Yes, 426, look he sends, the sight is glorious, on the line of keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Thank you. 426, straight off to this one then, thank you. So if the musicians go and sit at the... Okay, let's stand to say this together, and then we'll sing that song. Let's stand up. Let them find the number first. Okay, let's go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author 